Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Early edition of Gallon of the O'Gallon Clan. Because we are forgiven this man and his life blood. <laughs> Only the nocturne would ever worry about doing anything at this time of day. Unless it were P for P real talk with the Midwest muscle connection of Kellen and that's all right. <laughs> Anywho people, this program is sponsored by P for P muscle. That means we have a lot of natural bodybuilding in our lives, our hearts and our blood. Anywho. And if you are looking for a solid, very solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like what does arise? Like a Mack truck through ice cream. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. <laughs> she means blood, blood, blood. No, it's, it. it's blah, blah, it's, blah. <laughs> it's more like a protein. <laughs> well, snickerdoodles, yes. Yes, drink the sneaker to the drink your protein. Drink it all. <laughs> Anywho, it is now time to chit chat with Amanda. Hello, Desiree. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. So, hello. <laughs> and there we have it. <laughs> we have an early hello from our guest that we're going to get to here in just a split second. Well, hey, we're already here. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to all of listener land, and then we'll get on with the show. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Amira Spielman with Kai Fit Meals Customized Nutrition, um, figure competitor. Uh, gosh, do I need to name all of the federation, you know, federations I've competed in? Um, they're all natural. <laughs> Let's start with that. And... Um, Mommy to two of the most amazing little girls on the planet. And that's probably my my best title yet is just being a mom. Amen. Amen to that, sister. Yep. Amen. So this this weekend coming up is bound to be a big weekend, but last weekend was a big weekend as well. Several shows going on much to our chagrin, but uh, several shows going on. Kalen Patterson, Chi-Town Showdown, he was on the stage. Amira Spielman, she was at the Heart of America. I don't believe she was on the stage, but she was there. So between the two of you guys, I feel like we can get the rundown of all of the ins and outs of uh, what went on, um, minus the full results of all the competitors, which we'll cover on a, on a following show. But uh Kaylin, let's start with you since you were on the stage, big guy. How was the Chi Town Showdown? Uh, it, it was a it was a great show. Uh, I, Joe and the, the Perez family, and I do mean the Perez family, as you know what I'm talking about, Namir. You you've heard of it I as know what well. You're it, about. They mm-hmm. they get everyone involved with their thing, and it's 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 truly a family affair. So they might say Joe and Heather, but it is all of the Perez siblings and their children and their nieces and nephews. It's just, I, I, I mean, I took a couple of pictures and just the background of that. I was walking up to 
one of them, and I said, you know, I love being here because I always feel like I'm at home. And I said, if you don't mind, if I could take a picture. And I took took pictures as they were uh, get, gathering together because they have this thing they do before the show starts is they get all their brothers and sisters together and they take a family portrait. And, you know, that just shows how bonded they are in, 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 in family. And it spreads out into the show because we had some first timers at that show and they were kind of temperamental from dealing with other uh, promoters and other uh, promotions. And they were very frustrated at the beginning only to realize they had no reason for being so, you know, when they were told, you know, you need to be here, there wasn't any insults coming behind that. And when they were told, you know, what, how much time they had, it was an actual time of when they were going. And if anything had gone out of uh, the time schedule, it was reiterated for what was going to happen. And I just remember the one uh, bikini competitor, she, she said, you know, I almost feel like I'm, I'm too far ahead of the game because they keep giving me all these updates and I'm so scared that things are going to be a little bit different later on. And it, the whole show just went that way. And she went up and hugged somebody and forgot that she had on her tan. So uh, one of the nighttime suits uh, got a little bit uh, dismantled and I'm sure it's going to have to be dry clean. But, you know, it was just that, that change of heart in her not because, you know, the Perez family is going to do what they do. But she just simply wasn't ready for that kind of uh, greeting all the way through, you know, where it's like, we're glad you're here. And then, you know, you hear the bell ring, which is when it's time to compete. And everything changes because it seems like you're starting late or everything falls apart. And I just, that's one of the things that you take away that most people won't see because they see the people on stage and then the show ends. But, you know, being in the, the background and getting to see the, the backstage uh, things that happen, that's one of the things I'll always take away from it because I know year after year this is what they're bringing. And when you talk about the on stage, you know, of course, because of uh, those swords, oh, those swords, you, you just have people that really want to bring their best, and they do. And uh, I had a chance to get the interviews with the people because, you know, it, it was it was just so nice to check, talk with them after they had won and realize, you know, this is a lot bigger than what I was expecting and there's a lot more going on in, in, the, in the natural community because some of them had only been in, in the, uh, the enhanced realm and they weren't treated in that fashion. So I, I was glad to see that they're still carrying on what they do and I'm glad to see that they're holding up the, the banner for the national community, and I'm also glad to see that those swords haven't gotten any less because that still keeps me motivated. Oh, it keeps me so motivated. But I was just going to say, you know you're not going to be able to get off the hook and, and pass off without talking about how you did and how oh. just uh, a little brief snippet of the uh, men's open bodybuilding and why you're still so motivated about those swords. And then we'll get to Heart of America and Amira. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, I stepped on stage um, a lot better than I did at the DeKalb. Uh, the leg from the car, the car hitting me was a lot better. I think I only had one time where I really felt uh, some severe pain, and that was when I was trying to do my 
night posing routine, and I put the leg out a little bit too far, and it reminded me you're not 100%. But it ended up getting second place to Larry Montgomery. This guy, he just he just has my number. He just has my number. Phenomenal physique. Um, I, if you if you got to go down, you want to go down to the best, and he's been winning all year, and I, I think he's going to do well. Uh, even up and leading to the the PNBA uh, natural Olympia, and I don't see him slowing down because he not only has his heart set on the swords at the Shy Town, but he also has his heart set on that uh, front cover for the the Iron Man magazine. So he's he's very driven. I don't see anything that's gonna get in his way other than you know a competitor that's just as hungry as he is, maybe a Brandon Lario type uh, bodybuilder. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm I'm really impressed with uh, his mentality. I'm also impressed with the information that he passed along to uh, a young fella named Lucas who won the the men's uh, team. So he was really taking him to the side. He even actually tanned him, took time out of his uh, his prep for the stage when we were warming up and tanned the kid because he just wasn't dark enough to uh, show his full potential. So that's just one of the things that you have to appreciate backstage. And so if, if I have to get second place, I'll be happy getting it to uh, somebody like Larry Montgomery because he's uh, – He's holding the he's holding the fort for natural bodybuilding. I really respect and appreciate that. Awesome. Well, I mean, and that's congratulations to you and to everyone that was out there. And I look forward to talking about this show more in depth um, at a future date. But I really like the vibe that you're throwing down as far as just the atmosphere and the camaraderie. And it, and it comes as no surprise. I just always like to hear that things are continuing the way that we expect them to be um, in natural bodybuilding. So, Amira, Heart of America, tell us what, what was going on on that end of the world. Wow. Um, it was amazing. First off, um, congrats, Kaylin, on your placing. Uh, even though it's easy to Thanks. say, and I've been there, I, I don't know how many times I've placed second, hoping and wishing that it was good, you know, that I, w- I had done enough to, to, you know, make it first or, 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 or secure that win. But, you know, even though it's easy to say that, you know, it, to say that that person had placed better than you, that he was just more conditioned, you have to remind yourself, how far you've come versus how far you think you have to go. So kudos to you because there are guys half your age still trying to make it on stage, okay? So <laughs> so <laughs> congratulations on that, okay? There are guys that are, that are like, like you mentioned earlier, that are still trying, even the enhanced route, still trying to get on that stage. So, again, kudos to you because that's a huge accomplishment. You have no idea how many people are looking up to you because of what you bring every time you come on stage. So anyways, golf clap, golf clap. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, the heart of America, as always, John Abraham. So is an amazing show. Um, my last show there was actually in 2017. And actually, Kaylin, you interviewed me right after the show, after my second place yes. finish. And, you know, as much as I thought I came in again, I mean, I came in at my, my heaviest as far as my weight goes, but my most conditioned. And I, and I myself thought I had that win secure. And then this girl came in with some legs, and I was like, well, damn, okay. 
I had to kind of step back and be a gracious loser because she deserved that win. She, her, she looked amazing. So, but, um, but again, I brought a team uh, to the NGA Heart of America show. I had two uh, pro men's physique, one uh, first-time men's physique competitor, and three transformation. And, you know, other, other than the fact that John Abram already throws such a great show, there were over, I think, 80 competitors. There was one competitor in particular that pretty much stuck to everyone's minds, and it was my transformation guy, Jonathan Williams, who in the past three years I've been able to coach through his nutrition and his training and really his lifestyle in general. He started out at a whopping 700 pounds. And Whoa. I, yeah, and, and he stepped on stage after he had lost f- over 420 pounds. Now, mind you, he, ha- he still has about maybe another 100 pounds to go, but about 80 of that 100 pounds are loose skin. So he was really, like, shy at first, walking around backstage with all of these, you know, tight and conditioned competitors. But once the buzzing went around saying, who is that guy? Is he really competing? What is he wearing? Why? You know, like, people started questioning it. But then the more, you know, the more, it, you know, it was like a game of telephone. Somebody said, yeah, that guy lost over 400 pounds. And it, like, it just, it, it, there was this ripple effect. And next thing you know, everyone's high-fiving him. Everyone's hugging him. Some of these girls were crying. There was a girl that she had her story um, published in Time Magazine and said, I still have my contact. I'm going to make sure that this editor calls you. I mean, it was it was a ripple effect. And um, Earl wow. Snyder, one of the head judges who actually emceed that night, um, made him feel really welcome right before he went on stage. Because it's one thing when he's backstage with the athletes, but – no one in the audience had seen him yet. So as soon as he stepped out, Earl had the crowd going, just, you know, yelling, this guy's an inspiration. He lost over 400 pounds. And here's Jonathan just flexing away, didn't care about all, you know, skin folds and all. He was flexing and just showing everyone, you know, what, what he's done and what he's accomplished. And that's the kind of show that, that Heart of America does, you know, that, that's the Heart of America, which is where we find those people, those motivations, you know, that's going to keep us going. You know, I mean, I have days where I'm like, damn, you know, th- these last eight pounds are really hard to get rid of. And then I think of people like him and those competitors that stepped on right. stage, all the competitors that stepped on stage this weekend that went through, Please. you know, what went through what you had to go through the past, you know, 12, 16 weeks, you know, to acquire that physique, you know, to, to show your family and friends. You know, I always say the journey itself is bodybuilding. Once you're on stage, that's body showing, you know, two very completely different mindsets. You're just there to have fun, share your story, and hope that others will get inspired by what you've done. And that's exactly what these shows do, you know? Yes, exactly. And so one of our listeners, Sheila, she's like, your guest sounds really happy, and by Jove, you do, and I can tell why. Because (laughs) the excitement of, you know, A, this is your team member that is on stage and just creating all of this awe, but you know, just the pride. And again, just the camaraderie and the atmosphere that happens at these kinds of shows. And it, and it is not just about the polished physique because more and more you're seeing more organizations have the transformation category as part of their overall program. And I just think that is fantastic because, you know, 
the, I mean, people have different reasons for doing what they do and they have different motivators and they all have different goals. And I don't see why natural bodybuilding can't be a goal for someone who may be a good, I don't know, three, four, five years away from being um, a bodybuilding competitor, but they can already take part in the whole process and experience as a transformation um, competitor and and if that's what it takes to keep them going to the next phase, I say, why not? I mean, I think that's fantastic. You know, when Kaylin mentioned earlier about staying motivated, you know, staying hungry, um, it's funny because just a couple of weeks ago I had a podcast with Dr. Jack Barnison with the IFBBPA, and that was the topic that I had discussed was motivation. How do people get it? And, you know, when Kalen mentioned something about me staying motivated, you know, he's already there. And when he sees, you know, other like-minded people like himself that have that same journey, that have that same mindset, that are hungry for that same goal, you, you really have no choice but to stay motivated because you, motivation is, dri- is driven by, by environment, you know, and not necessarily, you know, what, uh, what outside looks like or what the weather looks like, but it's, the people that have surrounded you, you know, the environment that you've put yourself in. And being that you're in this environment in the fitness industry where you are, again, with other like-minded people that go through the same challenges that you do, you can't help but stay motivated, you know? So I think, like you hit it earlier, Des, about, you know, hearing these stories of, that inspire people, that's motivating. You know, seeing people's transformations, and, and I'm glad that a lot more natural divisions have these transformations divisions on their uh on their event that's motivating that that keeps people going you know because then that gives people hope too yeah no doubt kaylin thoughts on this yeah one of the things that i've i've always been appreciative and i i say this a lot is when you know you have the environment that we're in i try to bring as many people in as possible so they can see you know that negative environment that they're encircled in is not of their choosing sometimes, but it is because they've gotten comfortable with the people they're around. And that exactly. can be very, uh, it, it, it can get depressing after a while because if all you're hearing is negative information, at some point it sticks. And, it, it, you know, you, you, you have to be pulled out of that environment sometimes because if, if it's what you know, it's what you know. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't get mad at the people that are ignorant of something. I get frustrated with the people who know better and still choose to be stupid. And I, I don't want to say it in a way other than that because that's exactly what it is. You know, we, we have people that know better and won't do better. And because of that, you know, we, the society as a whole is lessened. And we are a good environment to be in when you have people that can speak on their lives truthfully. There's no drug attached. There's no side deal. There's no hustle. It's basically just people being open with their life journey. And when you can speak openly like that, people can hear it because, you know, it's not a gimmick. It's not a sales pitch. It's just you speaking about your life journey. And when you have Absolutely. that and you, you can have it in an, in an environment where people know that life journey. I mean, like, it was one of the funniest things at the heart uh, well, I've had at the Heart of America, but this is also at the Chi-Town, is when people are hearing us back, backstage talking and, and seeing us shaking hands and hugging, 
And it's like, but that's the person you were just competing with. Oh, I'm like that before. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be like that after this show's over, and we're probably going to go out and, and, and sit there and talk about the show and, and what we did to bring up those legs or, or that back or, or, you know, the conditioning. These things are shared freely, and it's not withholding. And because you can have that kind of freedom, it really grows the sport leaps and bounds, but it also grows people's mentalities and mind and their goals. And I, I think that's one of the best things that comes out of a show is when you leave, you're actually better than when you came in, unless you're one of those people that got into the sport for the wrong reason. And if it's a win or, or life or life is uh, going to suck for the rest of your life, then, you know, you still got some room to grow mentally as well as physically. But most of the time, you know, for the for the most of us, it's everybody that took a journey, took a, a chance and on their health, improving, and met some people that said, hey, my life's worth improving too, and, and let's see how we can get this done. And I, I love yep. that about it, and I love everything about what's happening right now, and uh, especially in, in this day and age, the only thing, like Dad said to our chagrin, that we had two shows on one day that I loved in the past competing back-to-back weeks or two weeks apart, so you know, other than that, I'm I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm really happy with how things are growing, and the fact that we have now a, a, a magazine that can basically reach out even further and, and share that love. I, I'm I'm excited to see how this is going to go. No doubt, no doubt, and um and you know the fun is just going to continue because we've got we've got shows that are coming up virtually every weekend from now through the fall um, in lots of different places. And one in particular is uh, Ryan Irwin's show that is going to be uh, this weekend on Mother's Day. It is always Mother's Day weekend. And um, I believe it's the Iowa Natural Championship. The name has changed, and it's and this name has been changed for a while, but I always want to call it the old name. I have just never adopted the new name, so I'm going to figure out what the official name is for this year. But that is a great transition um, into what we're also going to be talking about, which is Mother's Day is coming up. And being a mother and being a competitor and balancing all of that wonderfulness together and Amira you <laughs> said it the best best title you've had is being a mommy to two and um you know kind of kind of talk to us about this because you're a competitor you're an entrepreneur um and uh you know you're just out there living life and being a contributor to society so how do you keep everything in balance that uh well i i have I, I've always told people I have two coaches. I have my coffee in the morning, and she's like, go get them, girl. You can do it. You got this. And then I have, like, my coach wine at night. That's like, you know what? We'll get them next time. You tried your best. So between those two, <laughs> I really, really try to squeeze as, as much as I can in the 24 hours that we have. Um, my days usually start anywhere between like 4 and 6 a.m., depending on whether or not I have my kids in the morning, and usually don't end till like the 11, maybe midnight, sometimes 1 o'clock, you know, in the morning the next day. Um, between, between being a health coach, a contest prep, and then I do my nutritional counseling and my meal prep company, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge 
if I wasn't organized, you know, to, to balance all of them. But because I have such, I have very, very strong OCD and, and I write everything down, whether it's, whether I'm journaling it, whether it's in my itinerary, my, my agenda, I have two calendars, one that I carry with me and one that's, you know, on my refrigerator only because I, it's not just my schedule that I have to balance. I have both of my daughters that are in school full time. They go to school between, you know, I usually drop them off between 7:45 and 8 a.m. and then I pick them up between 3:10, 3:15. And then my one daughter, Josephine, she's 11. She's an elite gymnast, so thank God we got done with gymnastics season because we had a meet every other meet. But she's got practice. Monday through Saturday, Monday through Friday, she's practicing from 3.30 to 6.30, and then Saturdays from 8 to noon. And, you know, and there are days where I'm like, I'm exhausted, but then I think about her, and I'm like, she's in school all day, and then practice till 6.30, does dinner from, like, 7 to 8, and then does homework from, like, 8 to 10, and does it all over again. And I'm like, I wish I had her energy, but then I also see myself, you know, in her. Like, she's she's doing it. Like, I used to be like that. My mother always told me I was going to have a kid just like me, so... Um, and then my other daughter, she's between Girl Scouts where she has meetings every week and then she has ballet every Wednesday night. She's, she's getting up there too, which is, you know, again, I think um, my dad said it best when I was in my early 20s. My dad always called me his barco. Now, in my language, a barco means a ship, like a, like a, like a boat, like a ship, because he said – because that girl doesn't move unless you fire up her ass. So, yeah, Tagalog. Yes, you got it. Good job. Okay. So, so yeah, so my dad always said, you know, she doesn't move unless I fire up her ass. And the fire up my ass is always, you know, is always whatever I'm motivated to do that day, whatever, you know, whatever is, mo- excuse me, motivating me, you know, to get moving that day. Whether I know I got to do this for my daughters, you know, I know I got to do this for, you know, uh, her gymnastic team or her ballet recital or whatever. Um, so everything I do, I really do for them because I want to instill that kind of work ethic in my kids because, you know, we see this nowadays with, I mean, not so much the millennials anymore because I think they've been getting a lot of crap for it, but more like the centennials and even the younger generation where they've got, you know, a permanent kink in their neck because they're, they're always on their, you know, tablets or iPads or cell phones, whatever, and they no longer go outside and, and get muddy and get hurt and, you know, play. So I always try to, to, to get them to, to move, you know. It's, 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 it's still important to, to, to get some movement even when you're not in your, you know, respective sport or whatever. Um, but, yeah, they, they never handed manuals for being a mom. Can, can I get an amen on that? They, there is not a handbook. Amen on how to parent and how to parent correctly. You know, you just have to wing it and, you know, and hope and pray that you're doing it right. And there are days where, and I know I, you know, I know I have some friends listening in right now because I told them that I was going to be on. Um, There are days when I've called some of my friends sobbing because I just feel like I'm doing so much that it's taken away from, you know, time with them or, you know, or have I, have I done enough for them, you know, or, you know, cause we always feel like we're at fault when the kids do something wrong, right? Like, oh, I failed as a parent. Like if they get a B in math, I failed as a parent. I always take the blame for that, you know, but the truth is, again, 
there's not a manual to being a parent, let alone being a mom. And, and I feel like moms juggle the most because women are just better at multitasking. No offense. <laughs> but, uh, but if there is, if, if, if mothers, even stay-at-home mothers, you know, got paid to do what they do, I, I mean, they would, they would, they would make so much money. I mean, I, I think, I think that's one of the hardest jobs, you know, being a stay-at-home mom to have to do, you know, all the upkeep of the house and then, you know, keeping up with all of the events that's going on in the household and having to take care of everything that, you know, before the spouse comes home and, and dinners and cleaning up and getting kids to bed and, and getting them dressed, all of those things, you know, that those take a lot of time and take a lot of work and people don't really think about, you know, what entails being a full-time mom, it's exhausting. And so this is where my coach wine comes in because at like the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, we, uh, we accomplished as much as we can, but we didn't finish everything we wanted to, but you know what? We'll get the tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's one of my, one of my slogans is tomorrow is another day. Uh-huh. If I can't get to it today, tomorrow, tomorrow is the day. <laughs> right? We can't pretend like we can do everything. Although we feel like we can, we think we can, but we can't. There are days where I've been told, you know, by by my boyfriend or, you know, my family where they're like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. There's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in turning everything off and just hitting the reset button, you know? And so my reset button has always been either in the kitchen where, you know, I like to cook, obviously, or at the gym. You know, that that becomes people's outlet is just letting it out at the gym. So, you know, being that we're in this, you know, we're in this world of, you know, of, of fitness, um, that's what I try to – I try to encourage a lot of my clients that are mothers that, yes, life – does get difficult with children, especially first-time mothers, because everything's so different now. We feel like we have to record everything. We have to record baby's first steps. We have to record baby's first, you know, curse word. We have to rec- we have to document everything for the world to see that a lot of these mothers forget to take care of themselves. So yes. I'm like, don't yes. forget to take care of yourself first. You can't take care of your kid unless you take care of yourself. That's probably the most important tip I have for any new mothers or even mothers now that are still trying to figure out, because I get that question a lot. How the hell do you do it? I'm like, balance? <laughs> you know? I mean, not, I'm not going to pretend like I have great balance, but, you know, I, I got to take care of myself first. If I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of my kids. I can't take care of my clients. I can't take care of the things I got to take care of. So, you know, that that's probably my number one advice to all the mothers listening out there. Um, a lot of us uh, boss moms, as, as they call it on social media, or – you know, competitors where it, it, it seems like uh, in society's eyes, we, we, we seem very transparent that we're very self-centered because we're always at the gym and taking care of our fitness. And it's not, you know, a lot of moms have this other life behind them other than just fitness, but we're able to acquire yes. all of it because of, because of that balance. And again, like mentioned earlier, we have a support community. That's another really important uh, pointer to, 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 uh, to, uh, to say is the, is having a, a, a support system. You know, it takes a village. 
You know, we can't do all of these things on our own. It takes a village. So um, one, again, one, taking care of yourself, having balance, and two, having a good support system. Those are probably the two most important um, advice I can give to any mothers struggling to just get it through the day. That's true. That's very true. Uh, One of the things that you brought up, and I, I, I say it in my class and when I do my personal training, is that, you know, if, if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anyone else. You might help nope. others, but you can't be a sustainable assistant for anyone or a, a sustainable supporter for anyone if you're breaking down. And at some point, you know, people have got to come up for air. That that reset that you spoke about, it, it's not just for uh, for uh, women, it's for men as well. But since we're covering the, the Mother's Day aspect of it, a mother basically does a lot. Let's let's just make that very plain. A lot, and I'll I'll capitalize that since we we are dealing in a social medium. <laughs> a lot, an awful lot. So there's a lot going on in a day, and I think people are so used to having things done that they start to overlook it, and because of being overlooked, it's even more stress. And so you know that gym is a good reset. Because you can, I mean, like when, when I have my uh, members doing their punches, you can really see when they go from mom to basically mom jitsu. So it, it's a lot going on in their head. <laughs> you say mom jitsu. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's so awesome. It, it, yeah. And, and, and they're so ready to get, get that frustration out. And I said, you know, if you don't have that in a day, at some point, you're going to let it out somewhere, and that's usually on the people that really need to hear it but don't need to hear it in the way you're going to say it. So when right. you're more tempered and, and primed from basically addressing you and, and giving that mommy time that you need, you know, where, where, you know it doesn't have to be in the gym. It, I, I'm not, I, I would rather it be that way where you're taking care of your health and your stress. But, it, you know, whatever, you know, you, you do, just make sure that you have been addressed for your moment in time and then get back to reality. Because it, it's, life's not easy and it's not fair. And we keep waiting for that, that, uh, that balance to happen on the outside. But like Amira was saying, if it's not balanced on the inside, then you don't even know where to look. Des? Right. Nope, I would agree. I would agree. And... You know, the other thing I would say, too, is, I mean, we're talking about, you know, balance and how, you know, moms that are competitors, um, you know, keep everything in check. But another point that I would like to bring up from moms out there that maybe aren't competitors but are sitting back, you know, kind of noodling the idea, I would say, you know, go for it. I think um, sometimes – especially our kids and maybe sometimes our significant others tend to think that because we are moms and that we're wives that sometimes we don't have other aspirations outside of our families and getting back to that point of, you know, filling the cup. So you still have to pour out to others. um, You should still have goals and aspirations in addition to your family. I feel that just makes us, as women, as mothers, as wives, as sisters, cousins, aunts, you know, whatever role we may play, just more well-rounded people. And if you're sitting back, you know, thinking that you couldn't be a a natural bodybuilder just because you're a mom, because you're too old, because you're this, because you're that, 
you couldn't be more wrong because anything you set your mind to, you can do. So I just want to encourage you that, you know, just because you quote unquote may have that mom bod, whatever that may be, because I'm a mom, so I guess whatever my bod is, that is a mom bod also. But if you feel like you, this is this is something you couldn't do because you've had kids, because you might be overweight or because, you know, whatever the the lie is that you're telling yourself, don't believe it because this is totally something that you can do. And while it might seem a little crazy at times because of the demands of the sport, it can be done. And there are a lot of moms that are doing it. They're rocking the stage and, you know, they're winning. So, um, you know, this Mother's Day, if you're sitting there contemplating, you know, who you want to be as a mom, you know, don't don't sell yourself short on anything out there that you want to pursue. So I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> that's that's some anyway. great advice. Um, and one of the things that uh, that was hard for me to do after being a first-time mom was getting back on stage because, you know, it's one thing to respect and appreciate the belly when the baby is still inside you, but then you get that postpartum, you know, after having your child and a lot of these mothers, especially mothers that competed before they had a child go through this idea that, man, I can never get that body back, you know, but that body just performs something so miraculous that sometimes it's, it needs to be reiterated to that particular parent what your body was just able to do. If you think your body, you know, if, if you don't think your body can, can get back on stage, think about what your body just did. Nine months of growing this miracle baby inside you and then, you know, introducing that baby to the world. You don't think your body can get back to that, you know, that, that figure or, or bikini physique that you want, you know, that, that, that you're hoping to get back into after having a child, you know, um, there's all these uh, bikini competitors that, that document from the moment they get pregnant to the moment they give birth to the moment they get back on stage. And a lot of, a lot of them uh, actually get criticized because they're like, Oh, you should appreciate, you know, your body and, and don't rush into things. And, and, you know, you're, you're taken away from, you know, the nutrients from your child because you can't breastfeed anymore. And, and I disagree with that. I think, you know, if, if, it's, if it's motivating for the woman to, and, and obviously they have to be cleared by their doctor, to work out again, it's actually better for them, mentally speaking. Yes. A lot of women that get back to training don't suffer from postpartum, don't suffer from depression, don't suffer from body dysmorphia, don't suffer from an eating disorder. So there's been science that's backed it up that, you know, hey, girl, you want to start working out after having a baby? As long as you're by the doctor, let's get to it, you know? And, again, it wasn't because I went through that experience myself because, you know, I had my kid before any of the social media stuff. But, you know, I, I wish – you know, I, I wish I had that mentality because mine, mine, mine was pretty different. I actually like myself 50 pounds heavier. I think we talked about this last time. You know, being that I came from another spectrum where I, you know, I was no more than 90, 95 pounds growing up, you know, in my high school teens and even my early 20s, to have an extra 50 pounds felt damn good. You know, I'm like, I've got a booty for days now. You know, it was one of those things where, like, it's completely different. But, you know, when I get asked, how did you do it? How did you, you know, bounce back up and, 
And I always say that, you know, because although I had, you know, my struggles, I say successful mothers aren't, you know, they're not the ones that, that never struggle. They're the ones that never gave up despite the struggle, you know? And so like, like does the thing earlier, take it, you know, take it day by day. They're just baby steps. You know, you don't, a lot of, a lot of postpartum mothers tend to think they got to work out right away because they hate their body, you know, work out because you love it. You just perform something so miraculous. You know, it's not about being perfect. It's not about effort. Um, you know, but when you do bring that effort every single day, that's where transformation happens. That's how change occurs. That's how you start feeling better about yourself. And again, it starts with, with, with the right mindset. Your body will only do what your mind allows it to do, you know? So I think cumulatively those are all, those are all good tips about, you know, after having a child, you, you take it day by day. You take it day by day, you stay consistent, and you'll start seeing those changes. And believe it or not, they're not even going to be the physical changes. No, probably mentally and emotionally. And I'm glad you brought up all of those points because it it really dovetails nicely with the question we just got from Shanika. And she says, how is it possible for first-time mothers to compete and the goal is designed to lose the very baby weight? Won't that take away from the mommy time bonding with the child? And Shanika, I think um, Amira covered it all all perfectly. It is a day-by-day thing. And you know, first-time moms can still compete, and it might not be until, you know, six months, nine months down the road that they decide that they that is something that they want to pursue. Um, but, you know, there are benefits to working out as soon as you're cleared by the doctor. And it may not be full yeah. force. It may just be walking with a baby. It may be getting on the bike. Maybe it's only for a half an hour. You know, it doesn't have to be these marathon long training sessions. And definitely if you're nursing, no. you don't want to go into a prep. <laughs> you just don't want to. And I don't know that any mom who is a nursing mother would even consider that because, you know, they they do have to meet those needs of the child that they're feeding, but it still doesn't mean that they can't work out, that they can't eat clean, that they can't get back into the habit of doing all those things that was good for their body anyway before they got pregnant, while they were pregnant, and now following delivery of the baby, you can still practice all of those things. They just don't have to be as intense. And if your hormones as they're starting to settle down and if it helps you to feel happier, to be in a better mood, to just feel like your old self again because you are work starting to work out just a little bit and you are eating in a right manner that's just going to benefit your baby anyway, then then go for it. I mean, you know, there are some gals that they have a goal of getting back on stage after having a baby because that's what it takes for them to you know, stay focused on um, the recovery. And if that's what they're into, then I think that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, you know, it makes me sad to hear that, you know, any mom would be criticized for wanting to get her health um, back in line again. I don't understand that I I mean, physically, I don't understand that either because I don't think that's taking away from the baby. Um, but, you know, if they're thinking that, you know, a mom's just going to leave the baby with the dad and spend all their time with the gym, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't understand or what they may, th- may 
might be thinking is going on, you know, just too much room for um, creating scenarios that don't really exist there. But it's, um, it's a great thing. And I think any mom that, you know, once she feels motivated and she knows which end is up after having a kid um, wants to get out there and wants to walk and wants to ride a bike or wants to lift some light weights while her body's on the mend and is progressing towards, you know, her regular regimen, then I encourage them to do that wholeheartedly. Kaylin? Well, I, I, I have to speak up on this one because this is something, you know, like I will never be on the other end of the spectrum. I'll always be on the outside looking in when it comes to motherhood. But one of the things I've definitely seen, especially with mothers that are concerned about their own health, is they're also sharing that with their children. And when they put them around positive, energetic, active people, they're teaching that child the same thing. And they get to involve themselves with people. So basically as they're raising themselves up, they're raising their children up with an understanding that can be even better for the next generation. So not only are you teaching and sharing life, but you're around life-like people, not deadheads, not people that are down and out or basically ready to complain or judging others or judgmental of others. They're too busy making sure the child's needs are addressed, their needs are addressed, their, their significant other's needs are addressed. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of life going on in a mother, and they not only create it in themselves, it's already in them to be alive in motherhood. With that understanding, they're sharing that every day. So when they take that time out to be a mom to themselves, they can only increase. So, you know, I, I don't understand how people can speak so negatively of something that's so positive for everyone that's involved. If you're being active, if you're being alive, if you're teaching life, then you're doing what life is all about. When you basically hide away because of shame of a stretch mark or all these other things, then you're teaching that child to be ashamed as well. So, you know, we're constant teachers. And I say that as, as adults, we are constant teachers. As mothers, you're an absolute teacher. And, and it, these things have to be thought about whenever interacting with anyone else, especially your own child. And that's all I got, I'll say about why. Just piggybacking what both of you guys just said, um, the other thing that I've noticed is that new mothers tend to put a timeline, you know, after they have the child. And, you know, not that I'm saying that that's wrong, but I think that can um, add into the stresses of, you know, trying to get back into quote-unquote shape, whatever that shape may be. And I think if more moms are encouraged to, again, you know, just appreciate this new life that they had just introduced in the world. And actually, again, little by little, learn, you know, those, those new coups and the, you know, belly time and, you know, uh, focusing more on the new things that this, that their, you know, that their new child is developing, then it wouldn't be so much of a kind of a a burden or, or a weight on their shoulder to constantly think about, man, I got to lose this weight. I got to, I got to drop 20 pounds in the next three months. I got to get back right. into, you know, my, my figure competing days so I can compete in the fall. I think if mothers, whether they're a, 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 a new mother that hasn't competed before or wants to compete after being a new mother, I think it, it's not necessary to put a timeline because it does take away from 
learning what it's like to be a new mom. So I think that's what that caller had asked earlier, like, you know, is it okay? Is it not okay? I think it just depends on whether or not you're putting a timeline on it. Personally, I don't think you should, again, because it'll give you the opportunity to learn how your body's mending. I mean, Des, you know this. We've seen some mothers out there where it's like, didn't you just have a baby? And it's all gone. I mean, it took me like, <laughs> you know, like it, it took me a little bit longer to get back to my to, to my pre-baby weight. But you know, you you know, you know, you've looked at some moms where you're like, wait a second, I swear you just had a baby like last week, <laughs> you know. So I think I think it's not necessary to put a timeline. I think it's more important to again bond with you know your new baby learn the coos learn the you know the baby seeing lights for the first time cooing for the first time grabbing your finger for the first time you know those are those are important first time events that you'll never get back you know and you'll and you'll never remember it when you're so consumed by i got to get back on stage or i got to lose this 30 pounds like yesterday so i think it's important to not put a timeline and just focus on that new relationship and build from that. And also you'll learn to appreciate your body too, because even though we went through this, you know, nine months of pregnancy and then delivering the baby, our bodies are strong and it stays strong. You know, we don't all of a sudden become weak after having a child. We're even stronger after having a child. So I think if more mothers knew that, then they wouldn't be so focused on, you know, getting back into their pre-pregnancy weight or pre-pregnancy, you know, uh, physique uh, after having a child. (laughs) Very true. Very true. And uh, the only other thing out there, out there, don't worry about the stretch marks, the spray tan, spray tan helps with that. (laughs) They're tiger stripes. (laughs) The tiger stripes, and there you have it. All right, we have a question here from Lane, or is it Laney? Lanny? I'm going to say Lane. Correct me, there you go. What are the it's plans Lane. for mothers and family on Mother's Day? Is it different for fit people? Huh? Oh, hell no. I mean, I mean <laughs> we go eat it's most likely brunch or something and it's with my daughters with my family and I don't think about counting macros on Mother's Day I don't think about being able to fit in my jeans the day after on Mother's Day Mother's Day for me is like Easter so <laughs> you know it's, it's I don't worry about any of that I mean obviously let me take that back if I was on prep if I was on prep which is you know where there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are mothers that are worried about Mother's Day because I'm sure, you know, they, they their kids got them, you know, a cake or whatever. You know, don't sweat over one day. You're not competing next week, you know, I mean, unless you are. I'm sure there are ways around that. But let's just say you started prep, you're eight weeks out, you're ten weeks out. Don't stress over one day or even one hour that you can spend with your children and your family. It's one, you yeah. never get those moments back. That's right. You know, so nope. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, unless, unless they start doing competitions on a Sunday, which I, I don't think I've ever been to a competition that was on a Sunday, <laughs> then I'd probably say avoid that. But 
you know, because Mother's Day always lands on a Sunday, go enjoy, you know, go, go enjoy yeah. your time with your family. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be revolving on what you can or cannot eat. And definitely don't punish your body for having that extra, I don't know, whatever slice of, you know, pie that your daughter gave you, you know, don't punish your body for, for eating something you think you shouldn't have. You know, uh, it's, it's more important to make memories, spend time and celebrate being a mom. Yeah, no doubt. And the only thing I would add to that though is unless, Celebrating Mother's Day is is usually centered around food for you. Um, there, I mean, there really is no difference. It is all about family, and there are a lot of activities that you can do in celebrating being a mom and your family and your husband and all that goes along with it that don't necessarily have to involve food. Um, okay. You know, you can be outdoors. You can plant flowers. You're gonna, probably going to get flowers. You can go on walks, hikes. You know, go to the art museum, go see a performance of some sort, whatever it is that is your jam. But if food is it, then as Amira said, you know what, don't, don't worry about it. Don't, you don't have to be extreme about it, but, you know, don't worry about it. Definitely don't punish yourself and enjoy your day. Now, will I go to the gym? Most likely I'll probably still do cardio <laughs> on <laughs> On uh, Sunday morning, because that's what I tend to do. Will I go Sunday night? I don't know. It all depends if I feel like it. But um, I don't treat Mother's Day any differently than I do any other holiday in or out of prep. So I don't know. What are you doing with your mom on Mother's Day, Kaylin? Honestly, for me, mom just loves when we're all together. Um, Her thing, you know, we were never a a food-driven family. And we were never an alcohol-driven family. So basically, you know, it was just the together time and all of us getting along, not fighting. We'd save our little petty differences for another day and just let her know that, you know, she was the center of attention as it should be on Mother's Day. I think one of the worst things that uh, some people have been raised up with is that it has to be about the food and it has to be about the alcohol and then we forget that it should have been about our mothers until the next day. So, you know, if, if if the concern is the mother, then she should be the concern from, you know, the beginning of your awakening until the day of your slumber. So, you know, I think we can make it better when it's Mother's Day and make it truly about the mother. So, you know, every mother there, you know, acknowledge it and, and share with them how appreciative of you, you are of it. And then that takes away from the food and that takes away from the alcohol. And then you can get back to family uh, and, 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 and the family center, which which is the mother. So, you know, if we do it like that, and that's how I was raised, I, I know that the mother can know that the day was a success. And amen to that. And I don't know, I feel like, like that's a right message to end on. Last thoughts, last thoughts all around. Amira? Uh, I want all the mothers to know that we are all special beings, that it does take, it does take a special certain kind of woman to do what we do. You know, it's, it's, it's not an easy job, but it is the best job on the planet. So that, that's yeah. my final bit on that. Yes. Kaylin? Well, I know when I gave my mom some snickerdoodle protein, she liked it. 
So <laughs> yes, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Moms, all I have to say is love and allow yourselves to be loved. And I don't know that there's anything better than that. So I'm glad, Kaylin, that your mom loves Snickerdoodle. And um, I I feel like there should be a Snickerdoodle smoothie in her in her future on Sunday. I don't know. I already made it. I already made it. I put oh, a peanut butter chunk in there. It's all those girls. <laughs> so on behalf of all mothers everywhere, have a fantastically blessed weekend. And uh, your body is a temple, so let's build it. What's Snickerdoodle? Do that.